Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast with your hosts Ugo Che and Ralph Velasco. Hi Ralph, nice to see you. Hey there Ugo, great to see you too my friend. How are you over there in Italy? I'm doing good. I'm uh, stuck at home <laughs> because of well-known reasons, but we are coping. Uh, hope things will, will soon get better. Uh, today we have uh, uh, a guest, a returning guest to our show. Uh, he's been uh, on the podcast, that was episode 53, so that was more than three years ago, actually. It's uh, incredible how time goes by, and we are already over 170 episodes. But um, we decided to invite him back because uh, uh, things have changed. We wanted to catch up with uh, with what's happening uh, in his life and uh, news about uh, his photography. So let me introduce Andrew Gibson, who is uh, joining us from the UK. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Hi, Hugo. Hi, Ralph. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing good. So what's new in, uh, in your life? What's happened in these last three years? Uh, well, the biggest thing uh, I, I would say is that we had a baby boy who's a little over two years old at the moment. So uh, that's taken quite a bit of getting used to. So we were talking uh, before before starting the recording, we were talking about uh, life and everything and how things like, I mean, we don't want to talk about this virus, of course, but it's, everybody's talking about it. So that's, that's not what we want to talk about. But mm -hmm. the, sometimes we, we are travel photographers, but sometimes we, don't, we cannot travel for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons might be it's a happy reason, having a small child uh, mm -hmm. makes it hard to, to travel, at least to go on, on some kind of trips. So we wanted to have a little conversation about things that we can do when we, as travel photographers, we cannot travel, how we find inspiration, uh, maybe nearby places or finding other creative avenues to, to express ourselves. So, Andrew, how has your life changed since you had this baby, especially in terms of travel? Uh, well, in relation to travel, I would say the hardest thing has been basically not being able to travel because he's been quite a demanding baby and he's had problems sleeping. And, you know, it's very hard for my wife to look after him by herself. So I need to be nearby so that I can help her out when she needs it, especially when she was, you know, when he was younger. Uh, now he's more independent. Uh, you know, she can look after him for longer periods of time. But before he came along, we were used to being able to go kind of where we wanted, when we wanted to. And now that has changed completely because... Yeah, he has a lot of difficulty sleeping at night. So in order to cope with that, he needs to be sleeping in the same place every night, which is his bedroom. And so he's not quite ready yet to cope with sleeping in different places and um, you're kind of adapting to life on the road in the, the, the way that you have to if you go away somewhere. 
And so, you know, for all of these reasons, we just haven't been able to do any traveling since he was born. Um, so that, that means and, not, not even any travel relatively nearby. I mean, if you wanted to do a weekend in, uh, I don't know, the Peak District, uh, that would be a problem. Uh, yes, it is, uh, because it's not a situation where I can just, um, you know, go away by myself, for instance, for a few days. Um, if I was to do something completely photography related and not family related, because she needs me nearby. You know, she can't possibly cope and it's not fair to expect her to cope for that length of time by herself. We don't have any family that live nearby to help. For instance, her parents live in New Zealand, which is about as far away as you can get. And my parents live over the other side of the UK and it's about a six hour drive to where they live. So they're not you know they're not exactly next door and they can't yeah they can come over every now and then but yeah they're not yeah they're not here a great deal because yeah because of that how how has this affected your photography let's say um are you still getting out and shooting even uh in your you know your own backyard and local area or have you kind of put it aside for a while it's been more or less put aside for most of that time uh it, it has been that difficult um you know one thing that has changed is that before alex was born i had no interest whatsoever in taking photos of babies or children so you can imagine that that has changed because he, he, you know he's nearby he's close to hand and you know every month uh, yeah he's growing up so you have to capture those you know those fleeting moments when you can so i've become a lot more interested in in photographing children but that's obviously not what you would call you know travel photography so um yeah it, it has been tough because i you know it's not like i have you know the other thing the other big difference and i don't know if you're a parent ralph but i know that you are Hugo. um you know is the amount of time that you your spare time that you have it disappears it's like um you yeah, an example that I can think of is that, um, you know, several times we've had to take Alex to the doctor. So you make an appointment and then you have to start getting ready half an hour before, you know, half an hour or more before you're meant to arrive at the doctor's because you have to you know, get him dressed and get him in the car. And um, there's always delays and you might need a nappy change and so on. And then one day I made an appointment for me to go to the doctor and I turned up half an hour early because I was still on. Alex time rather than you know I you know forgetting that I can just walk out of the door get in the car and drive and so yeah your time disappears in ways that you can't you could never imagine before the child came along and so yeah I've got a business to run I have to help look after Alex and it doesn't leave a great deal of time for photography. I realize I'm, I'm really lucky uh, as you said I'm a parent my daughter is 21 so uh, memory well, of forward to that day <laughs> the, the memory of those days when uh, we had to take care of a toddler has uh, kind of faded but I, I was lucky especially because i mean my mother lived a few hundred meters from here she could come at my house and almost any time uh, mm -hmm. my wife's uh, parents live in a town nearby and they live with my wife's sister and husband and they had um Another baby was my daughter's cousin, who was one year older. So she, we could drop, essentially drop our daughter at 
uh, her cousin's house and they would spend the day together. They grew up as sisters. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we we didn't travel the first years. We didn't travel as much as we used to. But, uh, I mean, we we could go away for a weekend when she was two years old. Don't, no problem at all. So we, we've been very lucky in, the, in that respect. I don't even remember mm-hmm. having to give up much travel uh, because of that. And then she, when she was four or five years old, we started traveling. We, we went to Greece. We went to Portugal with her. That was very, very easy. She never had issues sleeping uh, in another bed. And she would sleep anywhere. She would sleep mm-hmm. in the car. How do you make babies sleep? You put them in a car and you drive them around. <laughs> that's, right. that's what you normally do. Yeah, so I, I understand. I, I don't find it hard to, to to compare my experience to yours, but yeah, it's it's it must be it must be difficult. Yeah, of course. And Andrew, I'm assuming this is your first child. Right? Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So a very very new experience for you. Uh, I I find it interesting that, uh, and it makes total sense that. Uh, now you've become interested in baby photography, which is something mm-hmm. that you doesn't sound like you'd thought of too much before. Um, but adapting and certainly wanting to record this, you know, these moments that you'll never get back with a child and, mm-hmm. and recording their, their growing up. Um, you know, what, how has that affected your photography? What, uh, did you have to buy any new gear, you know, travel photography versus, you know, baby photography? Um, any, any insight there? Well, I haven't, I haven't had to buy a new camera, uh, which in some ways is a good thing because I'm not on the upgrade upgrade cycle at the moment. Um, but I have bought a couple of new lenses and I found that very useful. Um, I, I use Fujifilm cameras, so I bought a 23mm f2 lens uh, because that is just like a very nice focal length for taking pictures of, um, uh, of Alex. Because uh, the thing that I haven't liked... Um, uh, the results of doing is using an iPhone to take his photo. Yeah, which is something that uh, is easy to do because you always have it with you. But I found I don't like the look of the photos because the depth of field is so extensive and um, you often get, um, you know, the kid, yeah, he's a very active child. So he's running around everywhere. He doesn't stay still for, you know, even half a second. So, um, yeah, your composition is kind of done under those conditions. So if you have too much in focus, you have too many distractions in the background and things like that. So I know it's not an area of photography where you have a great deal of control over your composition um but having the 23 millimeter f2 lens and you know shooting at f2 or f2.8 has been great because it's allowed me to you know it's a nice focal length and you can put the background out of focus which you can't do when you're using a phone and if if i could just uh interject uh you know don't forget about that portrait mode in the iPhone that does allow you to get a very shallow depth of field. Now, I don't know about using it with a, a squirming, <laughs> moving around subject like a, a, a toddler, but have yeah. you explored that? Because that uh, that does allow no, you. Well, I have an older iPhone, so uh, I think I would have to upgrade to a newer iPhone to, you know, and I'm not gonna you know, gotcha. you know, spend that amount of money on, you know, just for the, for the camera. Um, uh, now, another lens that I bought just a few weeks ago uh, which has been a lot of fun is um, just to contradict what I've said just now is a eight millimeter fisheye lens. 
And so that's been quite interesting because you can get right up close. And um, if you frame it just right, there's not a lot of distortion. But it, you know, the, yeah, the effect it has on perspective is you know, very interesting. So it's almost as if I'm capturing things from his perspective or his point of view, I think, because it pushes everything in the distance a long way away. And so I think it kind of makes things look how they, you know, how the world probably appears to him. Because you know, when you're a child, everything appears bigger than it does to an adult because of the difference in size. Uh, so that's been you know, a lot of fun to play with as well. What kind of subjects do you photograph with that lens? Uh, so far, only Alex. Uh-huh. Uh, I've only had it a few weeks, so I haven't really had a chance to you know, explore other subjects with it. Are, are you even literally getting out into your own backyard to try to, you know, even just get some fresh air and uh, try some different subjects? Or are you that, t- you know, tied up with uh, with family that uh, you're not even able to take a short walk and get out? Because I'm always talking about, you know, to be a tourist in your own uh, town or city Mm-hmm. first and practicing and and uh you know when i run out of inspiration uh i i tend to look down and you know you kind of get into that m- micro and macro world of uh you know bugs and flowers and things like mm-hmm. and i'm not a flower shooter but uh just kind of looking closer and more deeply into those things that are uh, maybe right under our feet Oh, yes, I've had chance to do that. I bought a macro lens a couple of years ago, and I've been using that. Um, and, you know, it's nice to just kind of get out and take a few photos of things that, um, you know, don't have a, a kid in them as well. Uh, but I would say in our immediate local area, um, yeah, you can do that for a little while, but then you're just repeating yourself, Um so, yeah, we do have days out and, um, you know, get out to see different places and, you know, things like that. Uh, and I take my camera along, but I don't have the time that I would otherwise have because, um, you know, we're kind of going out as a family. So that's one of the things that's going to change, you know, this summer uh, is I'm going to you know, take the opportunity to get up early for a few days, uh, you know, go out and take some photos nearby at that time of day, um, you know, without anybody else with me, so I can concentrate on photography and just being able to do a little bit more of that as he gets older and you know easier to look after. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to do a lot more of that. Well, what kind of landscape you have around your house? Is you, are you in the countryside, in a city? Uh, well, we're in a small town um, uh, in South Devon, uh, which is in the southwest of the UK. So actually, there's a lot of variety um, there. It's not, um, you know, for instance, if you were in the Dolomites or you know, somewhere like that, you would have a lot of spectacular scenery all around. So it, you know, it's not like that. Uh, but if you look at the work of other photographers that are working around here, there's a few good ones and there's no excuse for not getting um good photos what we have is quite a variety of scenery in you know a relatively small area so a lot of things that are accessible within an hour or two hours drive but are very different from each other so there, there is quite a bit to get your teeth into i heard the devonshire coast is beautiful uh it is yes not so much where we live 
uh, from a photography point of view. Uh, it's more the north coast of Devon, we're on the south, or if you go further west, but you're talking about an hour, hour and a half drive to get there. So it's not an outdoor step, but it's not far away either. I think one other uh, way that I tend to get inspiration too is going out with other photographers and perhaps not just by myself mm -hmm. and so forcing myself to go out with other people that are interested in photography maybe small groups or just one mm -hmm. other person and getting their perspective uh, pointing things out to each other and uh, just having that camaraderie because as as travel photographers I don't know about you it seems like I'm either by myself or I'm with a group of 10 people you know, on a trip. And so uh, having that, that interaction with uh, someone who speaks that language, that photography language, and also has their own perspective, I think is another great way to, uh, to just kind of keep active in, in this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know many other photographers around here, I have to say. I have one friend um, who lives an hour or so away, uh, but he's a photojournalist and sports photographer. He does a lot of landscape work, but that's more in his own area and getting up early in the morning to go and do that. Um, and then I have another friend who does live nearby, and he's a very good photographer, but he got divorced from his wife about four or five years ago and hasn't taken a photo since. So he's kind of um, inactive on the on the photography scene. How about you, Ralph? Uh, uh, have you ever... You don't have family, so you don't have those kind of issues. But have you ever found yourself in a situation where you, you could not travel and you had to find inspiration nearby? Or what do you think you would do in, that, in a situation like that? Yeah, no, I, I don't have uh, any, you know, children or anything. Uh, so I, it, I'm trying to understand. I can only imagine uh, what it must be like that, that the, um, not having that free time and being able to get out uh, when and where I want to. Um, I mean, I, I'd hate to compare it to, to having a, an animal, but like a dog, even that limits your travels of course you know having to be concerned about you know having someone watch it and not being able to leave it for too long even but uh that's about as close as i come to that but um you know looking for inspiration uh, like i said uh you know you can be in what seems like the most mundane or seemingly uninteresting place and it and i just tend to look closer for things that are you know, that we don't see from sort of a regular distance and getting in closer and tighter on things, uh, even with just my regular gear. And I'm not I don't even own a macro lens, but uh, just looking closer and deeper uh, for things that we won't, don't see from our normal perspective and that it opens up a whole new world. Uh, and it's 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 a challenge. It's for, you know, it's a, something that I do to challenge myself. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's one sort of exercise when I'm feeling uninspired is just to look down, you know, what's happening around my feet deeper into, you know, I don't know, crevices of a wall or whatever. And, uh, it seems like a whole new world opens up and you start to th see things a little bit differently, at least for you know, a short period of time. I know you have a fondness for photographing manholes, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. find them in, even in your city, probably. Exactly. I call myself like a connoisseur. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's another, you know, just looking down and seeing those uh, things that are very specific to a place. Uh, uh, manhole covers something that you wouldn't you talk about mundane, but uh, some of them can actually be very beautiful and very specific to a place. So uh, I think that that's an important part of the story that we're trying to tell. How about you? What, what, what do you do, Ugo? Uh, as I said, it's something that I will have to think since I'm pretty much stuck at home right now for at least a few weeks. That's how oh. I for, for, because of the way things are looking. So I have to think of something. I was thinking that I... Doing some uh, kind of a reportage about how empty the streets are these days. Uh, that That's something that I was... Uh, thinking of doing maybe in a few days, uh, just a different, different view on uh, what is might usually be a busy city, especially at rush hour, and having it more empty, kind of eerie. I don't know if it will come out nice or not. We'll see. That that's one that's one idea. But yeah, I, I, I was never in that in that situation where I could really not travel when I was when my daughter was very young and our travel was somewhat limited even with all the opportunities we still had as I said before back then I was not much into photography so my photos were mostly of my daughter so that was never felt as a, I never felt like I had to find um, an alternative something to try to fuel my inspiration so to speak now that I'm here, my movement is very limited. It's only been for a few days. Uh, I'll have to think of something, honestly. I haven't, I haven't thought about what I can do. Maybe I can find something in my house to, to photograph. Doorknobs. <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly, but uh, you know, there, there are photo opportunities everywhere we look. It's just how we look at them. And uh, I think even another exercise or challenge is to just take some sort of a small object, I don't know, a little trophy or something, and see how many different angles you can photograph it from, how you could show it differently, this one item, whatever that thing is. That's another good challenge that anyone could do anywhere. If you want to just kind of keep your, your creative juices and your photography juices flowing, um, you know, finding challenges for yourself that you can do right at home or in your own backyard, uh, I think it's a good way to you know, just keep keep it flowing. Well, one thing I, I could think of doing is some food photography, for example, which means if I spend some time now that I'm home photographing the food, uh, I know, right? We know that food can be an important part of, of travel photography. We go to foreign places where they have strange food and we do a, a reportage about the place and, and the food culture, the food and the food culture is an integral part of every every culture, every country. So getting good at photographing food and finding inspiration, finding angles, what's the best, what's the best, without going really professionally, without aiming to create really professional food photographs, that's another thing, but getting some nice shots of real food uh, can make you get better shots of food when you're when you're traveling. Just find yep. where where to get the best light from, the best direction of the light, best angles, and so on and so forth. Uh, that could be an idea. 
Yeah, stepping outside your comfort zone, learning a new genre of photography, like Andrew, you know, seems to be testing the waters with uh, with baby or child photography. Uh, that's you know something that you probably wouldn't have really been exposed to. Uh, so taking advantage of that and learning a new skill that way, um, I think uh, makes a lot of sense. And I like your idea of showing the streets that you know now that they they're probably a lot more empty than they were. And uh, that's something that you, you probably won't ever see again. Uh, you know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're really reporting on something that's it's it's history. Yeah. To be to be honest, my place here when it comes to August and everybody's on vacation gets pretty empty as well. So it would be hard to see the difference, but I can try. Um, uh, Andrew, I wanted to ask, what, what about the business side of things? Um, is that your new lifestyle, so to speak, has that changed the the way you approach your photography business? Has that had an impact? Uh, yeah, I guess it has because, um, you know, I don't have as much time, especially in the early days when he was a baby. One thing that did help a lot is shortly after he was born, my wife's mother flew all the way over from New Zealand and spent three and a half months with us before going back. And so that freed up a lot of time for me to, you know, to work on the business because, you know, the, the first few weeks after he was born, it was chaos and I really wasn't getting much chance to, to, to get anything done. So I guess in in a way it's been helpful because it's forced me to use my time better. I've got to be quite conscious now that, you know, when I'm working, I'm working and not letting myself get distracted and uh so yes i've just got to be conscious uh, very conscious of the time that uh you you know i'm spending working and make sure i'm not wasting it plan my day out plan my week out and accept that i i think the biggest thing has probably been the acceptance of it i now have to accept that i have a new routine and i'm not going to get as much time to put into anything that i want to do whether it's photography or business or whatever uh, for another year or so yet and so you know if i can only get a few hours work done each day is to come to terms with that and you know and, and not get frustrated by it i think is the key um you know not get angry or frustrated because i can't do what i would you know put as much time into the business as i want to or i think it needs I believe that when you have little time, you tend up to do more things than when you have a lot of time. So yeah. when you have a lot of time, you, you tend to slack and you don't focus. You don't time box your, your tasks. You, you don't organize your time. And you end, at the end of the day, you com- accomplish nothing. Whereas yeah. I find when I have like one hour to do something and then I get down to do it and I get it done in one hour because I know I have to do it in one hour. So that's not... So I get a kind of a blessing in disguise at times. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that once um, you know I do get more free time, I can retain the focus that I've had to develop at the moment, and you know, and, uh, and not waste time when it you know more time becomes available. Yeah, okay. so hopefully in the long run it will be a good thing. Yeah, I think deadlines are a good thing uh, that I definitely like to put on myself if. Uh, if they're not already put on me for whatever reason. But uh, Andrew, tell us about your photography business. What do you do? How do you do it? Uh, you know, how long have you been doing it? And uh, is this your main your main source of income? Is that what uh, you do for a living? 
Uh, it is, yes. Uh, what I do is I write books about photography and I sell them on my website and I've started doing video courses as well. And that is my main and only source of income. Yes, so it's quite important. Right. And, uh, one thing that, yeah, you talk about time available for photography. Uh, yeah, writing books and you know, writing and designing books about photography, they're ebooks that I said on my website, yeah, is is something that I enjoy doing and it's also been another creative outlet. So even though I'm not getting as much time as I would like to go out and take photos, I'm kind of fulfilling those creative needs by writing the books and um, you know designing the books and getting them out there. So yeah, that's one of the things that has helped me cope with not being able to spend as much time as I would like on the photography. I remember when we spoke again more than three years ago, your latest book was uh, about black and white landscape photography, which uh, mm -hmm. I read it. I remember a very good book. Uh, what are your most recent titles that you have some topics uh, that you've written about? Well, I've done, yes, I've done some kind of republishing, if you like. Uh, I have a series of books on Lightroom, which I needed to update for um, you know, Lightroom Classic and all the latest updates in that. So I finally got that done towards the end of last year. I had a book on portraits in, you know, natural light portraits, which I originally wrote for Craft and Vision, uh, but they're only set in books actually written by David Dusherman now, and they're not set in books written by, you know, a stable of authors like they, they were before. So I rewrote that one, um, more or less completely rewrote that one and published that on my website and I'm just working on one at the moment which I'm hoping to publish soon on composition I already have a couple of books on composition uh, but I found a few new things to write about and I'm writing about using natural light and tying that in with composition and um, you know putting that into the new book as well do you sell them only through your website or other channels yes uh, just on my website because I've never, ever sold more than a handful through any other source, so it's just not worth it. I see. Interesting. Uh, Ralph, any other questions you have? Um, so you say that you're not photographing a whole lot now, at least mm -hmm. uh, not with, uh, let's say, call it travel photography type yes. of photographs. Um, I imagine that you've got a a whole archive of images that when you were shooting more, are are you able to go back to that and create books around it? Or we, have you always tried to create books around uh, sort of new newer subjects in photography? Or do you find yourself going back to your archives? Oh, definitely the archive, um, because there's a lot of photos in there. And what I try and do as well is go and look for the photos that I haven't used before. Um, but that are still good enough to illustrate the point that I'm trying to make. So there's a lot of, you know, going through old work and, um, you know, finding the, you know, the good photos that I missed the first time around or photos that I, you know, overlooked uh, before. Uh, but now that I can see that they're actually quite good or good enough for what I want to do. So, yeah, it, without that archive, it would be impossible. Yeah. I find myself doing that too, where, I tend to go through images during and just after a trip uh, very quickly 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of either five star or nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I like to go back a few years later and then you find these other nuggets that you kind of overlook or I overlooked when I went through so quickly and you're like, wow, that, that was a pretty nice shot. And like you say, it could illustrate a particular point that you're trying to make mm-hmm. in a blog post or in a book or something like that. So that's interesting. Yeah, it helps to have that purpose in mind when you're looking for your archive as well. So yeah. if you know that you want to, you know, if, if you're writing about, say, where to place the horizon in a photo, then you're looking and you're looking for photos to illustrate that. Um yeah, you can look for your archive with a bit of a purpose and it makes you see your photos a little bit differently as well. Sure. How about keywording? Are you, are you a big keyworder? Have no, you always... no, I don't keyword, no. <laughs> or do I? <laughs> no, no, waste of time. Yeah, I agree. I haven't, I haven't got that much time. <laughs> um, so when you will finally be able to travel again, where do you plan to go if you do have any plans? Oh, good question. Um, Now, one of the things that I want to do and I need to get my wife in on this as well is to kind of create like a a five year plan, I think, of places we'd like to travel um, so that we can kind of think about it and think about the logistics ahead of time and stuff like that and make a bit of a plan. Um, But I would like to go. There's a couple of places which I I, a couple of countries I haven't been to before where I have friends and I would like to go. Um, One is Romania and another is Macedonia. So I think they could be a couple of, you know, very interesting destinations. Yeah, I mean, I, I could put you know, could probably provide you with 50 or 100 places that I'd like to go, um, you know, without having to think about it too much. But they're, you know, kind of near the top of the list because they'd be new. Ralph here is the expert about Romania, right? <laughs> yeah, I've done Romania many times and uh, can put you in contact with uh, my contact there who does a lot of photography if, if you're interested. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, we'll definitely be over there at some point. So, yeah, it's just a question of what, when, not if. Sure. Very, very photogenic place. Wonderful mm-hmm. place for photography. Mm-hmm. Great. So what is your website? Where can people find more about you online? Uh, well, if they go to creativephotographer.com, and there is a hyphen between the words creative and photographer, uh, that's all I need to do. Everything is on there. Good. We'll definitely put a link uh, in the show notes. And if you want to send us a link to some of your most recent books and video courses, well, of course, uh, it helps to, I mean, it's, uh, to promote it a little bit without being shy about promoting what we do uh, and showing it to the world is to, to help each other whenever we need. So we're happy to to link to your site and your, and your e-books and courses. That would be... Uh, nice. So, thanks for being on uh, on the show with us today. Uh, it's been really interesting to to compare different experiences and maybe <laughs> see how lucky at least me and Ralph are in that respect of uh, not having to contend <laughs> with that situation, at least uh, for a while. At least, let's put it like that. Yeah, you have no idea how envious I am. You have no you idea. You would not be envious if you would be here today, but. <laughs> Hopefully that's just a very short-term situation, and let's let's not go into that. Anyway, I hope when this crazy situation uh, 
passes, we'll be able to everybody to travel again freely. Uh, who knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll meet somewhere else. Uh, I would like to come to Devon, right? I was saying, I've been to Dorset. I know the coastline there is great, but I also heard great things about the Devon uh, landscape. So I'd love to to go there someday. Who knows? Yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you over here one day. So, Ralph, any closing words from you? Yeah, this was uh, very uh, informative and uh, can't thank you enough for being on the show, Andrew. Appreciate it. Uh, where can people find? Uh, are you are you active on social media? Do you have uh, the social media accounts? Can that all be found at your web website? Uh, yeah, that's on the website. I have to admit that I'm really not that active on social media, but um, yeah, people can go and uh, find me on Instagram and Facebook and yeah, that sort of thing. But don't expect to see a lot. <laughs> right. How about you, Hugo? Where can people find you online? As usual, at my website, hugochayphotography.com. And for any tours that I will hopefully do in the future at tours.ucphoto.me. How about you, Ralph? I can always be found online at Ralph Velasco and at Photo Enrichment on all the social media outlets. Uh, My website is photoenrichment.com. I did want to announce that I am bringing back my Highlights of Chicago tour. So I have uh, a weekend available in late April, April 23rd to 26th. Uh, the Chicago used to be my most popular tour before I started doing only international destinations. Of course, it's my hometown. And so uh, I'm bringing that trip back by popular demand. And so people could go to my website, uh, photoenrichment.com, look for tours and highlights of Chicago. But I'm really excited to, uh, to show off my hometown as uh, we're also, of course, going to incorporate the food, as you can imagine. Yeah, very pertinent to what we were saying about uh, finding inspiration around your, your own place. Right. So, and uh, for everyone who is uh, listening to this episode, I want to find out all the other episodes, include the previous interview we had with Andrew. Uh, you can find them all at dtim.photo. And now I would like to say, let's get out and shoot. But if I do, I'll get arrested. So (laughs) let you do it if you want. Let's stay in and shoot. Stay in and shoot. Okay. See you. (laughs) See you next week. Bye bye. So long, guys. Thanks a lot.